Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. In the last show of 2020, Pastor Brett brings a message called Dear 2020. He's talking about joy and the opportunity for us to choose joy over sadness. So get ready, turn up your volume. I'll catch you guys at the end of the episode. I hope you enjoy the show. I want us to jump into uh, Psalm 84. Psalm 84. Now, uh, there's a, a pastor and a preacher named Charles Spurgeon. He was in London, uh, known as the Prince of Preachers, and he would describe uh, this psalm, Psalm 84, as one of the most sweet psalms of peace. He also describes it as a pearl of the Psalms. This is Psalm 84. And I think we can pull a lot out of this into our everyday life to help us grapple with 2020, but also to step into 2021 to embrace a brand new season and a brand new chapter full of faith and expectation. Let's jump in here to Psalm 84. We're going to look at verse five. It says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger. And each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Think about that for a moment. And if you're taking notes, this might be a great place for you to start. And if you're not, this is a great place to jump in. But think about this thought for a moment. With Jesus, we never arrive. Come on, we say it one more time. With Jesus, we never arrive. This psalm says that joy and strength comes from those who are on a pilgrimage, who set their minds on a pilgrimage. And in other words, those who are journeying towards Jesus, there is a joy and a strength that comes in the journey, understanding that with Jesus, we never arrive. In verse 7 of this chapter, in a more traditional uh, translation, it says that they go from strength to strength. They go from strength to strength. Now that unravels and and causes so many more questions because if we never arrive with Jesus, then how do we find contentment without arrival? Because so much of our thinking, so much of our mentality is on when I get there, when I make it to that level, when I get that relationship, when I'm living in that house, when I get that car and I have that job, then I have arrived and we settle. But with Jesus, we're on a constant journey. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage that said, you know what? We're on a journey following Jesus. As we trust Jesus with the journey, he's going to lead us forward. How does he say it? One step at a time. And as he leads us into our destiny, what we discover is we never arrive because the destination isn't where it's who. The destination isn't where It's who? Did you see this? Verse six, when they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. How do I walk 
through a place of sadness? How do I walk through a season of sadness, which is maybe more applicable for us, and have it become a place of refreshing springs? What joy, (laughs) what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, on drawing near to Jesus, on coming near to him, on embracing the journey with Jesus. It's not about arriving, it's about the journey. So how then do we find contentment without arrival? Great question. Let's answer it by going back to the scripture. That's right, we're going back into the scripture. We're gonna go in the New Testament, Acts chapter 12. Okay, if you're with me, just one more time, say, I'm with you. Awesome. We're in Acts chapter 12. Uh, We're going to read about 12 verses. We might jump around a little bit. We're going to dive right here into Acts chapter 12. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. Let's jump ahead to verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So Peter goes to jail. It's a place he's been before and the church starts praying. How many know that there is power in prayer. It's not just something that we say we do. It's not something that we pretend we do. It's something that we believe is powerful. But guess what? The church in the New Testament maybe didn't even even have, uh, I should say it this way, maybe these people at this time in this moment are more common to us or more familiar to us than we would even like to admit. Because what we discover here is that in this moment, they are surprised by the power of God at work. So Peter's in jail because it made the people happy. The crowds love to see Christians murdered and crucified by by this new version of King Herod. So Peter's in prison. The church is praying. (laughs) This is verse six. The night before Herod was about to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Awkward. (laughs) Bound with two chains. So he was chained to not only the wall, but he was chained to the soldiers. And sentries stood guard at the entrance. So heavily, heavily guarded. It's as if they were familiar with the power of God at work. They said, we're going to take additional precautions. They're not going to get away from us this time as if this, these chains and these soldiers were any match for the power of Jesus. I mean, think about the giant stone that was rolled away. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. So imagine Peter's laying there, chained up, and the angel saying, come on, come on, we got to go. Let's go, get up, get up. And he says he just kind of jostled him. I just imagine he just gave him a kick. Come on, let's go, Peter. We got to go. Verse 9, Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. He was so sleepy. He was so dazed that he just thought he was seeing a dream or a vision. He said, oh, yeah, this is like, this is me uh, moving, being set free. You know, he thought this was a spiritual experience. I love this verse 10. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. 
Then Peter came to himself. This is verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and everything from the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. So Peter, just just go on the journey with me, gets woken up, kicked by an angel, chains fall off, doors open, they just walk out of the prison. It's not until he's standing free in the middle of the street with the angel gone that he's like, oh, this is real. Like, this is a real thing that's happening. He's like, wow, God's answering prayer. I guess I should go. I'll I'll just head over to this house where I, I believe people are praying. There are moments and there are seasons and there are times when we are surprised by the goodness of God. But I think maybe the most surprising thing is the most easily overlooked portion of this narrative or this story, and that's that Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter was sleeping in the prison. He was asleep just sleeping, getting a good night's rest, chained to the guards, and he's just sleeping. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm like wrestling with a big decision or uh, wrestling with some stress or you're just, your mind just goes and it's really hard to get a good night's sleep. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that, that sometimes it's hard to fall asleep or hard to stay asleep. For me, I start dreaming all kinds of dreams about whatever the thing is that's bothering me. I just start wrestling with, I can't sleep. So Peter knows that the last guy that was in this very cell was like killed, like cold blooded murdered to make people happy. He's just sleeping there like a baby. How do I learn? How do I learn to sleep in the midst of imminent doom and danger? I think what we're seeing is the living embodiment of contentment. That there is a trust. I would even go as far as to say there is a God confidence at work in Peter. He says, listen. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to this hope. I'm going to hold on to this trust. I've seen what Jesus has done. I see what he's been able to do. I saw how he forgave me. Peter's like, listen, I abandoned him at his hour of need three times. I rejected him. I turned my back on him. He forgave me. And now he's made a hope and a future for me. So I'm going to go down and I'm going to go to sleep because I'm content no matter what the outcome is. It's not a destination. I'm not arriving somewhere. I'm moving towards someone. And as long as I'm moving towards Jesus, then I get a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that makes that doesn't make sense but it makes sense in the moment for me to have my confidence in God. I think moving into 2021, I'm hoping that we can take a big step forward in terms of our God confidence. I share this account in this story (laughs) so that our faith can be stirred 
And we can know that it's possible because nobody in this account, here's the crazy thing. If you keep reading in Acts chapter 12, they didn't believe that it was Peter at the door. They thought it was his spirit because at the time it took a number of days. They believed in their culture for the spirit, especially in Jewish culture, for the spirit uh, to be departed. And the, the amazing thing was they, it was easier for them to think that there was a ghost or a spirit of Peter at the door than it was for them to believe that their their prayers were answered and it was actually Peter at the door. See, sometimes we, we, we go through these seasons of going, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough trust. I don't have enough. Listen, these people are living in the middle of a miracle and they're not even certain that it's real. Here's the thing. Jesus is working in you, through you and around you. And he wants to, if you will let him, he's hearing your prayers. He sees your tears. He knows your dreams, your hopes, your goals. He also knows your deepest, darkest fears. <laughs> and he's working these things. You know, Romans 8 said he's working these things together for your good, but according to his plans and his purposes. I think about Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborer toils in vain. I build my life on Jesus and I follow him one step at a time. And it's okay to have goals and plans. It's okay to have some form of expectation, but my expectation for 2020 is not based on what I can achieve or on where I'm gonna go or on me arriving. My goal and my expect expectation for 2020 is more of Jesus in my life. That if I could draw near to him, that I can discover the joy and strength. I can discover a place that was intended for my demise actually becomes a place of refreshing because it's not about where I am. It's about who I'm with. And as long as I'm with Jesus and he's a part of my life and I'm going to just have to change my language because I don't want Jesus to be a part of my life. I want him to be in every part of my life. I guess you could say contentment is sleeping in the storm. Contentment is sleeping in the storm, however you want to define it. Contentment is being able to sleep in the storm, to lay your head down on the pillow at night and fully trust that Jesus is going to see you through. I wonder where Peter picked that up. I wonder where he... Learn that. <laughs> there's uh, this story, you might have heard it before, but in India, there's a, a farmer and he had uh, his crops were getting decimated by uh, the local monkeys. They would come and they would take all the food. I, I think maybe like the way that um, we would struggle with rabbits taking carrots. They would struggle with monkeys taking their crops. And so this ingenious farmer came up with this idea. He's, he took a, a coconut and he hollowed out the coconut and he put a banana inside the coconut and he made a very small hole just big enough for the monkey's hand to get through. And when the monkey 
came and he came because he could not resist the sweet smell of the banana. He came close, looked at the coconut and he stuck his hand through the hole and grabbed onto the banana because that's just what he want was his, his potassium fix. He grabs onto the banana, but the monkey's hand got caught in the coconut and he refused to let go of the banana. When the farmer comes the next morning to, to see uh, the, the monkey and to see if he, he's able to get him, he, he finds that the monkey will not let go of the banana. The monkey could have been free. The monkey could have gone and taken all the rest of the crops, but the monkey refused to let go of the banana. I think you and I, and, and I'm sorry for the crude analogy, but you and I are a lot like that monkey with the banana. We see a goal. We see a direction. We, we take our best laid plans and we lay hold of them and we just keep moving forward and we get disappointed when we have to let go of it. But the truth is you could have been free. Hey, you learn to let go to what was and hold on to what comes next, to hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world. This is Isaiah 64. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. God, I'm the clay. You're the potter. Do in me whatever you want to do. In 2020, <laughs> a lot of things didn't go the way we anticipated. In 2021, I'm wondering, what are the things that you need to let go of so that God can form you and create you. He can lead you along in this journey. Maybe, maybe you've just settled in. You're like, I'm good right here. But scripture says we move from strength to strength. That's, that's the, the, the psalmist says you move from strength to strength when you're on a journey with Jesus. The apostle Paul in Corinthians says, listen, you're being transformed from glory to glory. So you can go from strength to strength or glory to glory, or you can live stuck. I don't know about you, but I want to go from strength to strength and glory to glory, being transformed into the person that Jesus created me to be. But in order to do that in 2021, I'm going to need to learn to let go of the things that I'm holding on to so that I can hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world that he can lead me forward in this next season. So here's some maybe some questions that we can consider uh, in 2021. These are some very practical questions we can consider in 2021. I guess I need to ask you this, but uh, we can start right here. Have you included Jesus in your plans for 2021? Have you included Jesus in your plans for 2021? Let me ask you this. As we look at a new lens, a new way to look at life, what is Jesus saying to you about 2021? Maybe you haven't taken the time yet to think or reflect or ask, what's Jesus saying to you about 2021? <laughs> what is Jesus 
saying to you about you. What is Jesus saying to you about you? And what is Jesus saying about you or to you about right now? Right here in this moment, what's he saying? What does he want to do in you? We're going to recap. What is he saying to you about 2021? What is Jesus saying to you about you? And what is Jesus saying to you about right now? I hope you could write down those questions that you can start praying about them, thinking about them. Maybe like, I've never done this before. Maybe say, hey, Jesus, what are you saying to me about 2021? How should I, how should I point, like, what's my direction here? Which way should I start moving? Which way should I start walking? Jesus, what are you saying to me about me? Nothing is wasted. And I, I feel like maybe so many of us thought that 2020 was such a waste, but nothing is wasted in the waiting when Jesus is involved. Nothing is wasted. Jesus, what are you saying about me to me? What are you revealing in my character that you're working on? What rough edges are you rounding off? And Jesus, what are you saying to me about right now? What are you asking me to let go of? so that I could hold on to you. You know, I, I would hope that you and I, as we take this next step into 2021, could learn to put our hope, our faith, our trust in Jesus, because the truth is in 2020, he showed us that he's faithful, that he's good, that he's true, that he's taking care of us that we can trust him. We can trust him with every area of our life, that we can trust him with every piece and with every part in the gospels. Jesus reminds us that where our treasure is, is where our heart is. And I guess the biggest question today that we're wrestling is, with is, do I treasure Jesus? Do I put him first? Do I put him first in my heart? Do I put him first in my plans? Do I put him first in my thought process? Do I put him first in my finance? Do I put him first first in, in, in every area of my life. Because though it feels like we're coming in second, when we put Jesus first, he can do more with our 90% than we ever could with our 100%. He can do more with, with one piece of what we give him than we ever could with the whole thing. In 2021, we're learning to trust Jesus in a whole new way. Let's put our hope and confidence in Jesus and not in the calendar changing. Come on, let's share our stories of the goodness and the faithfulness of God at work. As we end our time together, I think about the Lord's prayer because something about it just hits different this year. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Maybe there's many of us today that are struggling with the provision aspect. And my friends, I want to tell you that Jesus wants to walk with you and he's going to be there. I, I believe that he's provided new opportunities for you. 
I believe for, for somebody today, he's, he would even say to you right now that the ending of one era is the opening of something brand new. And while you're mourning one thing, I don't know if it's a business that's closing or a job that, that you transitioned out of, you would define this as one of the worst seasons of your life, but you will look back on this very moment. And God is saying to you today that the closing of this chapter is opening the door to something new and brand new. And he's expanding you and the, the wrestling and the trials and the stretching and the turbulence and the torment of this past season are setting you up for the next season. He's increasing your capacity. So don't lose heart and don't lose faith as you take a step into 2021. Well, let what let what was be what was and step into what is with Jesus. Come on, give us this day our daily bread. Come on, that's the Lord's prayer. And I pray that for you. And I pray that for me, that he would give you what you need for your family to live and not only survive, but to thrive. Know that if you need help, we are here to help. You can text or you can call. We're here to help you in whatever way that we can to, to, to succeed in this next season. But think about this, your kingdom come, your will be done. It just hits a little different in 2021. In 2021, my declaration is your kingdom come, your will be done. Not mine, God, your way, not my way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus, I want to follow you one step at a time. Just now, if you're watching today and you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart, to be in your life, to lead you one step at a time, I want you to know that it's not a mistake that you're with us today. It's not a mistake that, that, that you found this. It's not a mistake that it's speaking to, to the depths of who you are and it's speaking directly to your fears and into your insecurities. That's Jesus reminding you that he was, he's following you. He's been tracking you down all the days of your life. Surely his goodness and mercy has been following you. So if you want to do life with Jesus, if you want to hold on to the hand of the one who holds the world. Here's what I want you to do. First things first, we're gonna do a physical action. I just want you to wave at, at the TV or wave at a computer, wave at whatever device you're, you're engaging with this experience on and just say, yeah, that's me. I wanna make a decision to follow Jesus. Next, I want you to pick up your phone. I want you to text the word Jesus, J-E-S-U-S -S, to 587-400-2010. We want to walk with you in this season. Come on, let's pray now together. For those who want to invite Jesus into their life for the first time, or maybe you're coming back, you kind of drifted away and you're on your way back home. I want you to know that Jesus is not rejecting you. In fact, he's standing at the end of the driveway with his arms wide open saying, welcome home. So if you want to pray that prayer today, you want to initiate your journey with Jesus here today, just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I need you now more than ever. So I give you everything, my wins and my losses, my sins and my successes. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. From this moment forward, I'm following you one step at a time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the Scattered Saints podcast. For this last message of 2020, it's been a pretty crazy year with a lot of challenges, but also a lot of opportunities to find God 
and to trust him in this process. So we hope that as 2021 is right around the corner, you choose to join us, whether it's in church, on the podcast, on TV, on church online. We hope to see you there, and we can't wait for what God is going to do in this next year. We'll see you then.